Welcome to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you transmute your trauma with comedy. I'm your host, Nancy Norton. I'm a comedian. I am not an expert, but I have been through some stuff. Traumedy is not a replacement for trauma therapy, but it will help you get by between sessions. Trauma therapy is amazing. I have done so many (laughs) forms of trauma therapy. I've done EMDR. I've done brain spotting. I've done psychedelic. And you know what? It's all good. And the best thing and the most resourceful and the most accessible thing that I have in my toolbox, as they like to say in the therapy business, what's in your toolbox? What I have in my therapy toolbox is humor, not just any kind of humor. It's therapeutic humor. Don't get stuck. If you can find something to laugh about, just anything, just a little, even around it. It's not always on the nose, sometimes just around it. This is episode two with Stephanie McHugh. Hi, Stephanie. How are you, Nancy? (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to have this conversation with you on Traumedy. Me too. Uh, Congratulations. I love when I have a creative friend in the entertainment business and they go, hey, I have this idea and it really means a lot to me. And then you see the birth of the project. And it's happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's happened for a little while, but was, and this is my first time being on it. <laughs> it's a two-year gestation. Uh, it's been two years. It's like an elephant. Is that how long elephants gestate? I, I think feel, it's eighteen months. Wow. I feel like I, I feel like insert elephant sound here. Right. Everybody's <laughs> googling right now, and they're like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, put in the comments yes, what please. it actually is. Yes, please put in the comments and. How might we be like an elephant? I love elephants. I do have a place in my heart for elephants. If, yes. Is my is my voice loud enough? Would you tell me? You have you do voiceover. Stephanie McHugh is a multi-talented comedian who does is a voiceover artist. Yes. And a humor coach. Humor what else coach. Are you, what else do you do in your spare time? Mom. Mom. You have kids that are are uh, adults now, but still they need momming. Yeah, they do. I'm actually pretty close. I mean, I'm, I feel close with both of them. The older one is married and lives in Oregon. So I talk to her a few times a week, but the younger one lives here. So I see her like we hang out together. So yeah, I forgot what the question was, <laughs> but I do spend, you do spend a lot of time you, with you them. Still, you give them a lot of mom energy. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Right. You listen. If there's one thing I would say, you want to say a lot, but you don't say it. You just, or you ask, do you want me to listen to you or do you want my advice? Wow. And see what they say. I need to mature. I know I, my son's 18 and I, I say, I hope when you move out the voice, like I, I, you know, I'm doing all this recovering parent stuff and there's an inner critical parent that we becomes our own voice. And so I was telling my son, I hope your inner critical parent voice says, eat an apple. (laughs) (laughs) And I I can't tell you what a broken record I am. Every single day I say, eat an apple. (laughs) Before the Flaming Hot Cheetos, before the Morning Star Chick Patty, because we are junk food vegetarians. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good... That's a good one. I would say the same thing. I, I do have a sprouter and um, I make broccoli sprouts. Those are very good for you. Broccoli. Did I bring those for you ever? 
I don't recall. I'll bring those next time. I have to say things like that now. I've, I'm not in a court of law, <laughs> but I'm just saying I truly cannot recall things. So I have to say, I don't recall. It Nancy could have Norton, happened. To the best of your recollection, <laughs> do you recall if I brought broccoli sprouts to your house? <laughs> That's good. Right there is good dramedy about losing your memory. Nancy Norton, that could be my other podcast. To the best of my recollection... <laughs> And my, oh, my son totally takes advantage. You told me I could. I'm like, wait a minute. And I can't prove him wrong because honestly, right. I cannot remember. Yeah. So there you go. He, you can win any argument with me now. If you told me you said something and I just go, I guess you probably did. He's smart. I will, I will give him that. That's pretty smart. <laughs> well, I was thinking as I was running today about how do I want to start Traumedy Podcast? Because there's a thing called vicarious trauma. And I mm. love that we're starting off with this lightness, with this whimsical energy, because we need it because we might drop in. Eh, that's the trauma. Trauma, we're not dressing it up. There's some hard it, things that whatever trauma creates, which is the HPA axis. I don't know if you're Ooh. familiar. I don't want to get fancy. No, the, I did not hear that before. Well, it's the fight or flight. If you picture a little triangle, the hypothalamus, this is what I think the H stands for. <laughs> To the best of my recollection. Whoever Googled the gestation of elephants, I want you to get on what the H thing is. Yeah. Come on, nerds. Help us out here. This is where, okay, hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal. I mean, that axis. sounds good. The axis. The axis of fight, flight, freeze. Now they say also fawn. When we have, you know, like when somebody in a position of authority that you want to uh, keep doing comedy shows at their comedy club and you just like, okay, I'll fawn. <laughs> um, so it's the HPA axis. What was my point here? My point is you might get triggered and I might get triggered. And so it's nice to like, okay, let's remember we can always reset with humor because humor actually is almost like a mini meditation it enlivens all the major lobes of your brain and you can take a nice deep breath, do your four by four breathing. So if ever you get too triggered and we need to pause and do a little parasympathetic nervous system reset to get out of the fight or flight freeze fawn response. That's a lot to share. You said that so smoothly. I'm working on it's it. ASMR. I was very <laughs> relaxed while you said that. <sighs> yeah. So you don't get overwhelmed and get stuck in right. that, you know, and that's certainly not the point of this podcast. It is for people who may be isolated with trauma. A lot of folks don't want to hear about your trauma again. At least that's my experience. <laughs> <laughs> Even in my recovery program, I feel like I'm, I'm a broken record, like just move on. Um, but you know, takes as long as it takes. Right. And I do love, man, I love the comedy from it. I love that this is the post-traumatic gift that a lot of people talk about uh, after a trauma, we have gifts that come. Some people access another part of themselves and sometimes a spiritual part. And so there are gifts that come with trauma. I just want to put that out there. Agreed. Yeah. It's a great way to reframe it too. Yeah, it really is. Right. I mean, when I you're know, ready, when you're ready. Yeah. In the meantime, it's okay to resist or be angry at what your experience and it, I'm not trying to move people out of wherever they are, but yeah, giving them an option. I love it. I'm curious, which 
bit, if or one or two, I didn't know if you chose one or two bits to traumedy today. Yes. I the first thing that came to my mind is the Parkinson's boxing class oh. joke that I have. I will insert a live performance of that bit. So we hear the humor first and then we'll kind of work backwards, deconstruct the bit, like which parts of it release the pain. And so let's, uh, let's roll that clip. My dad has Parkinson's and a little bit of dementia. And I feel really blessed that I live close that I can help out. And there's a lot of activities. There's actually a Parkinson's boxing class. It helps with stability and the shakiness. And uh, he can bring a buddy. So I take the class with him. And at the end of the class, someone came up to my dad and said, Jim, thanks for bringing the eye candy to the class today. <laughs> you guys, I'm the new young hot chick at the Parkinson's boxing class. Thank you. Thank you. And because they have dementia, I'm the new young hot chick every single time. Getting a lot of phone numbers. It's the same one. Actually, um, my father did just pass away. Thank you. Yeah, but I'm still going to the Parkinson's boxing class. <laughs> I'm not giving that up. <laughs> I love that bit every time. I do love that bit every time. Thank you. How do you want to proceed yeah. about deconstructing that? Because I don't. I, I think you'll. So as in the bit, uh, it is true. We were at the Parkinson's boxing class getting ready to leave. And my father was a big, strong man. And I remember one of my friends when I was in high school saying, oh, your dad is so scary looking. He had resting bitch face. Couldn't be a nicer guy, but could look very intimidating. Uh, intimidating without but, even trying. Without even trying. Just from the physical space he took up. And was he super tall? He was like 6'1", but a, a big guy too. Yeah. So uh, the fact that someone came up to us and said, thanks for bringing the new young, or no, oh, sorry. That's what I say. No, he did. He said, thanks for bringing the hot chick, the new young hot chick to class today. And um, <laughs> I looked at my dad and my dad's face was blank. So I thought either A, um, he didn't understand it, you know, because dementia would kind of come in a little bit at times, or B, he did understand it and he was no longer sort of was able to be the protective dad, that someone would say that to him. I felt like 20 years ago before this or 30 years ago, like I remember when I worked at a ski resort on my summer breaks in college, they had an Alpine ski track. So I would work there in the summers. And one 
old guy was talking about being a, he was talking about his grandkids and he was a grandpa and he had rainbow suspenders like Mork and Min, like Mork did, but this was like five or six years after Mork and Mindy. Uh, <laughs> so it was like eight or, you know, Miami Vice time and you're wearing the rainbow suspenders over your regular shirt. And he was just talking about being a grandpa and I was on my break eating my lunch and the bartenders there, he was at the bar. And then he said to me, Hey, could you do me a favor? And I said, sure. He goes, would you pose nude for me in the wildflowers? I have this photographer and I just think it'd be really pretty with your head back and you just being. Whoa. And I what a line. What a line. was <laughs> flabbergasted. I didn't know what to, to do. And I was so um, triggered, I suppose, because I did have a, uh, when I was 13, a, a dad of a friend who would not be that graphic, but it was bothersome to me that he felt. And <laughs> the other weird part, I'm like, you would expect me to do that for free. Like, like A, no, I'm not going to pose nude. And B, I'm not going to do it as a favor either, if that makes sense. It just felt, it felt uh, embarrassing and violating and just made me sad and angry. So I went home and um, my mom is always supportive, but my mom really didn't say, I think she sort of was more like, just kind of brush it off, you know? Yeah. And my dad How would, old were you again? I was 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. Golly. Okay. So uh, he, my dad said, Hey mom told me what going on. I would punch him in the face. You know, dad was like, that's not okay. We're going to hurt this guy. And that felt good. Like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. No. And thanks for sticking up for me and, you know, doing that. So that's what my dad would do for me. And of course saying you're the new young hot chick isn't <laughs> I'm in my fifties. It was flattering, but it brought up that, that my dad just sort of looked at him. He didn't joke. My dad's likes humor. I get my dad's kind of dark humor a little bit. So the fact that he was blank faced. Yeah. And what a complex uh, bunch of emotions, even though like I've never thought of it this way. When I've heard you do the bit, I never thought about your inner teenager that's inside of you. So thank you for sharing that because I bet that is complicated. You yeah. know, it's complicated to be a woman anyway in this culture as we want to be sexy, but we don't want to be objectified and it's really complicated. Right. And so here you are over 50, like, oh, someone's objectifying me. <laughs> and then there's a little part of you that's flattered, <laughs> but then the inner teenager's like, I'm not here for you to, you know, I'm here with my dad supporting him in this process. I don't know. Was all yeah. that going on or yeah, I just, it was, it was. And, um, I mean, it, it was flattering. It, that was a nice kind of funny thing to say, I suppose. Like, yeah. I guess he was being funny and or was he being funny? I think he was, I think it was, <laughs> no, I think no. it was It's hard to tell, but I took it as there was no vindictiveness in what he said. And and not trying to take you on a date. Not trying to take me on a date. Or get you into the wildflowers and be naked with your head back. <laughs> I love the details. That he guy did. really, I mean, the fact that he just included you in his fantasy, like in your head's back. And then, you know, you, yeah. knew, you knew the next three words were if he let, if you had 
bought into it or whatever, like just felt, you know how we are sometimes we fawn, right? Like you want your tip or whatever. I don't know what you're, if you're working there or what was going on or, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might just like play along just so that that you don't alienate somebody. And then he he might've told you the next three things you were going to do for him besides your head being back. All right. I'm almost done with that one. I'm a little, like, I'm like, all right, let's find this. Let's find this guy with the rainbow with suspenders. The rainbow suspenders. Yes. Uh, that is a cry for help in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's crossed over the rainbow bridge. He has. I bet he's crossed over in those. Oh my God. Maybe he's, uh, <laughs> he's wearing those on the other side. When uh, I get to the other side, I'm going to find out and we're going to find him. We're going to, and s- then dad is going to punch him in the face. I want to snap those suspenders, you know, <laughs> I like too. I think it, they, cr- that is crying out to be like, maybe he had a little SM thing that like you got to snap those suspenders <laughs> till he says the safe word, which is nano, nano. <laughs> That's the safe word. <laughs> oh, that felt good. It did. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember if you had a question for me well, or not, but it brought de- that up. Yeah, like, oh, so there's one piece of the traumedy is expressing. Yeah. So there's, and then the pain that you're going through going, oh, my dad is no longer able to be my protector. It's a loss. You're processing. Yeah, Here for you both are. of us. Yeah. I felt like we went through that together in that moment. I'm not sure if he felt it or not, but I, it felt. There's a role reversal mm-hmm. as our parents uh, health fails and you become their protector. Yeah. And that's a big adjustment. Right. Yeah. So, um, it, that's what went through my head. And then literally 30 seconds later, if even I'm like, I think I have a joke here. That <laughs> hurt so hard. This is going to be hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I love that you said that hurt so hard. It's gonna be hilarious. That yeah. is a good sign of like, I love that comedians that we do that. Cause yeah. Um, I was just visiting with a friend of ours who just had her hip replaced yesterday. And I go, oh man, you're, you, you're getting, so, I bet you're getting so much material. And she already, I'm not going to do her bit because maybe I'll have her on to do it herself. Oh, right. But I was just thinking, uh, everything that happens to us, we do, it's like material. <laughs> exactly. You. Thank you if for this. I know. I feel like if there's one thing people could take away from comedians, it's that reframe of... Yeah, even though you may not perform it on stage, but you could. And just thinking about it a different way to share with other people. Because I have (laughs) more people come up to me and say, my parent has Parkinson's or I have Parkinson's. Yeah, and it really opens the door. Yeah. Makes a safe place. And it's, you're approachable. So they know you're, you're. You're not going to just have a pity party. You know, you're going to have compassion. It is amazing how many things are available if you have Parkinson's to help you through it. I like didn't know about that. Yeah. And I, there is a Parkinson's <clears throat> boxing class. They put a pole in my dad's. <gasps> That's right. He had yeah. like a strip, almost like a stripper pole, a stripper pole on his side. <laughs> I wish my mom had had those, you know, my mom had Parkinson's, but she didn't have a stripper pole and I think she would have been good at it. Yeah. She would have been amazing. She would. She loved to dance. She yes. did. She always, Aww. I've been dancing lately and thinking about her. Cause I thought, 
oh, my mom has been like, like, oh yeah, that helps move that energy dancing around. Even though I know it wasn't, I know the stripper pole was not for dancing. It was to get out of bed safely. (laughs) Correct. And and to get, but it's just fun to label it a stripper pole. It is fun to label it a stripper pole. And mom had ones. They made it fun for them. (laughs) Did (laughs) she? That was so funny. I love that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Write that down. I know. Do you have a pen here? Here's a pen. Do you need, you want to put it on the I'm going to put it in my Evernote. I keep comedy jokes in my Evernote. I need to do that. I just put it on my notes and then I never look at it again. I... Same thing with everything I sa- save and Instagram, like exercises. I'm like, oh, this is a great exercise. <laughs> I'm going to save it. Never look at it yeah, again. Yeah. Just a nice collection though. Right. Well, if you ever are stranded. Yes, Stephanie. Um, I just raised my hand because I thought of something. I want to <gasps> share the first time I told that joke. So I thought it was a joke. And then I, I shared it the first time. The boxing? The-, the Parkinson's boxing class. Okay. And it was at a mental pause show. Actually, oh, yeah. and I did it and someone groaned. They kind of went, oh, and I thought for a second, cause I felt sort of bad. I'm like, am I, this could come across as I'm making fun of people who have Parkinson's, but that's not where the pain was <clears throat> for me. It was what I shared with you when I was a 19, 19 year old years old, you know, my dad was kind of my protector and now Hey, what I couldn't tell, you know, how he took it. And it was hard for both of us. So that's the energy that I wanted to have for the joke. But I could see in that first time that I did it, it may be taken as not that. Like I was making light of it or something. So I just made the decision. I'm like, I can I can see that this may hurt some people or it may be hard if they're sharing it, but that's not the energy I'm bringing to it. So I'm saying it and we're all going to be okay is sort of the underlying feeling. I like that you bring that up because, uh, you know, I'm in a program, I'm studying uh, therapeutic humor and there's this term adaptive humor and then there's this term maladaptive humor. And it really is subjective sometimes. Like if it depends on how Correct. thick the skin is and and the relationship, like this is your dad. I'm, you know, this is a, this is your truth, your story. And maybe somebody else out there might um, over identify with the, with your dad or, yeah. you know, not, not knowing that, of course, you're not punching down, as we say, punching down. You're not trying to hit somebody while they're down or somebody who's marginalized or disenfranchised or whatever that is. So it is a good point. Like, I love that you just like made, got clear with yourself. This is the energy I'm putting into it is to lighten it and transmute it, transmute the pain and yes. the disability right, with laughter. Yeah. Cause I do think that's a human experience as your parents get older, you know, it kind of shifts a little bit. At what point did they groan? What were you, what, at, what were you saying? Do you remember? What uh, I think it was, um, that's a good question. I think it was at the very end. I'm the new young hot chick at the Parkinson's boxing class. And she kind of groaned because I think I sort of didn't go any farther with it. And then I moved on. I'd have to go back and listen to it. I think that was it. 
I can't remember for sure though. Okay. Well, yeah, I was just but curious. it made me think, yeah. Oh, is this, you know, inappropriate? I thought, but I was like, it's not, it is not for me and I'm going to make it so that it works. And I'm going to just to use Nancy Norton's term, you know, love and light with this. That's what we're going to have for this group. I don't know if it's my term, but I do use it a lot. Yeah. I am all about it. I love it. I love, I love it. And then, you know, I mean, I've shared with you before, but it's been the last whatever, you know, I've had a spiritual awakening a couple of times, but, uh, I do like to ask my higher power, let this be for the highest good. And if I need to flop, for this to be for the highest good. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. But if that is, if, hey, if I can help somebody survive today, if they're about on the brink and they have to see me go out there and fall flat on my face and I still survive, then yeah, I do I do turn it over to higher power. I do, even though my ego still, she's in there kind of like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if my ego is non-binary. I was just saying she's Ooh. in there. I think she's a she because I have a lot of patriarchal whatever awareness Mm-hmm. might be more of a she energy in that yeah. ego. I'm not sure. Anyway, interesting. that is not the point. The point is bring the love and light and know like that's your intention. And we can't control if, if there's a hundred people out there, there's going to be a hundred different perceptions of what you brought to that stage and you cannot control the receiver and the filters that it's going through. Correct. And right. That is where yeah. I turn it over to higher power. It makes it so much easier. And I just, I hope it bounces up, up to the, you know, the light and back down to them. And it's like not a direct shot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm yeah. trying to say there, but I, it helps you not get, take it personally if someone has a reaction to it. You just sort I feel like, okay, they're going through something right there at that moment. And I hope they're going to be, they and their loved ones are going to be okay through this. I know it's, I think about a few things in my act like that. And, you know, as time has changed since I've been doing this 30 years. And as you know, through the nineties, I often did impressions of my Chinese landlady who was a real person. And it was a dang good. It was good. I'll, I'll say it's a good impression because <laughs> if you had met her, Florence Tian, if you're out there in Honolulu, <laughs> I'm just saying she was an amazing person. She was a powerhouse. She was in a position of power. She had multiple properties in Honolulu. I rented one of them and she was a hard ass. And I would do impressions of her because it was me doing dramedy. Like I literally was going through a separation with my husband. I moved from a beautiful apartment condo that we had overlooking, overlooking Honolulu Bay, watching the sunset sailboats. And then I went down into the, (laughs) you know, the part of town where I had to look for parking at midnight after the comedy show. And the guy next door played porn uh, through the, in Hawaii, there's no insulation and those jalousies, you know, those little louvered doors like oh, you can wow. hear everything in the everything next room. it's like, like you were right dude, there dude turn your porn down but yeah. you know what i'm saying but then i had that landlady and the garbage disposal wasn't working and she did she told me i don't need a garbage disposal i just <laughs> need to eat my food eat your food and i can't and i can't think that without thinking it in her accent yeah but but right. then the culture shifted and said you can no longer do that like that's harmful to her. I don't know, man. I'm still on the fence about it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't think she's hurt by it, but <laughs> right. do you know what I'm saying though? I know. Like w- there could come a time where 
I don't know how. The Parkinson's awareness people could come after start me. Start controlling the culture and saying, you can't mention Parkinson's boxing. <laughs> Again, I don't know. What I'm, why am I saying that? They're never going to do that. Um, but you know what I mean? There's just like sometimes culturally a different vibe. Right. Uh, okay. I brought us down. Let's move it on. It was a great... <laughs> Joke. I'm like, oh, I love that joke. Yeah. Well, I, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's just, but I'm trying to figure out what that woman groaned. <laughs> I'm still like, she, oh, with the Parkinson's. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out, like, I wonder what was going on with her. Like, I mean, this may, I'm that curious. Like, wonder if she had, <laughs> did she have Parkinson's or I'm the new young hot chick? What? Who's I mean, groaning at that? I, I'm trying to figure out what's, what's in the head of a groaner at that anyway. Yeah. I can't figure it out. I kind of felt that a little bit. I mean, the first time you say a joke, you're sort of a little unsure anyway. At least I am. Oh, yeah. You're curious. Is this yeah. is this funny to anybody else but me? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe she picked up on that. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But I, I'm glad I didn't think too much about it. I, I sort of was conscious enough of it. To go, all right, I, I feel whatever she's going through, if she's going through something and I know here you, we go. I know you so well and how sensitive you are. Yeah. I know you process that for a long time and you still have it as a, a part of you. And then I'm thinking, what if she just didn't like her drink? <laughs> like, if, she, oh. if she got the check. Oh, I she's ordered. Like, oh, I didn't mean to order scotch. <laughs> you know, because right. if you don't like scotch and you do. I you do. like scotch and I, I, like I, I feel immature because I don't like scotch, but I have not acquired... I just can't do the peat, the peaty. Oh, there's others that ha don't have that as much. You're right. That's a single malt. I feel more. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. As, a, as opposed to a blended. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as a, okay. I just am saying, what if it was something? Wouldn't that be hilarious though? That How would often be. I have a uh, bracelet from my recovery work that has an acronym that is Q-tip. Quit oh. taking it personally. And because I take everything personally. I'm like, is that about me? Is that about me? I do and too. it would be so funny if it was like, just did not like the flavor of the scotch. Okay. <laughs> That's so true. My sister-in-law just gave me the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I need to read another chapter. I started reading it. It was good. Oh, great. Yeah. Shout out to not giving a fuck. Right. Exactly. And my mother has passed on, so I can say fuck. On, on the, podcast. the podcast. No one can stop me. I'm yes, raising, yes, Stephanie, doing... your hand is up. What is it, Stephanie? Okay, so I want to share also my father passed away. And I was, as he was, his health was declining, it was kind of interesting because I'm like, this joke has a time limit. It's one of your favorite ones, but what are you going to do when dad dies? So dad did die. And then I had a corporate event two weeks later. I was talking to my cousin and I told him that joke and he said, you need to say now I'm still going to go to the Parkinson's boxing class. So he gave me the tag yeah. after dad oh, passed away. That gives it the timelessness. It gave it the timelessness and it was so nice and to keep, be able to. Keeps the whimsy in it. Yeah. So then I kept going going with it and wrote, you know, talked about the, the other stuff too afterwards. So I found avenues and people that helped me kind of keep my state, my energy level higher. Yeah. And I love that it gives you an opportunity to get real because it does make uh, you more 
vulnerable, accessible that you can drop in after the bit and go, my dad has passed. And yes. Then, you know, have that moment, give it its pause, but I'm still going to go to the boxing <laughs> I love that. Right. It gives you that, you know, and helps people that witness that who have also lost loved ones. And I have lost my mom yeah. to Parkinson's. Um, well, she was 94. So I don't, I don't, I don't, that woman, she was so strong. I tell you what, anyway, she was, that's a whole nother podcast, it, but it's just, she did have Parkinson's and, um, it just helps us to hear another person has gone through a similar thing. And like you said, you hear from them after the show and it just brings more meaning to our work. I love making people laugh, but it's so much more meaningful to laugh at things that are important to us. Yes. So thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else deconstructed from that bit that we, I can't remember all the details of the bit. Yeah. So my dad did pass July 7th and I had on the books a corporate gig um, mid-July, like two weeks after he had passed. It was with two other comedians. And again, it was nice to be with supportive, you know, like a really supportive environment. And I said, I, I'm going to talk about this joke and I have these other tags. So they, I was the middle comic and I talked about it in the middle of my set so that if it didn't work, which it did, but we had enough time you were to gonna, dig out. Yeah. And you were re going to recover it yourself and not leave Correct. it for the headliner yeah. or whoever the closing act is. Right. Yeah. So it was really nice. And when the three of us work together, we kind of take turns, you know, being in, in the different order, but we decided as a group. So it was really nice to have them and go, let's put you in the middle. And then I said, I'm going to do this in the middle and we're going to see how it goes. And then I'll go right back into to tried and true material if it doesn't. So I did cry. I got a little choked up when I said my dad passed away. But then I said, I'm still going to go to the Parkinson's boxing class. Beautiful. And it worked great. May I interject or can I? May no. I? Yeah. So my dad was very grammatically correct. And, uh, Today, the kids are saying, and I say kids, anyone under 40 out there, <laughs> they're saying this, me and my friend did this. And it's, it's all over the place right now. Me and so-and-so, me and, so me and so-and-so. And I'm just it like, my like dad, yeah. my inner critical parent is so upset with this. Like it, my dad, if you said me and Stephanie are going to record the podcast, he would say, is Stephanie mean? Uh -huh. <laughs> like, no, I think I've brought this up at the meeting before, but Right? right now, it seems to be the thing. I guess it's changed. Maybe the grammar of our culture has changed. And it is okay to say, me and Stephanie are recording a podcast. And we're saying, shall I go to the store with whom? And everyone's like, what are you saying? <laughs> but mean and Nancy? Yeah. Me and Stephanie, you wouldn't say me is recording a podcast. Correct. That's how I That's how we. It. Yeah. How, all right. Listen. <laughs> If you have some trauma, if you have some grammar trauma, please we're gonna uh, do join our diagramming. Are, you know club. the same people that are looking up the gestation of a an elephant mm -hmm. of a elephant. 
<laughs> I'm just going to trigger everyone. This is triggering me more than the Parkinson stuff <laughs> and the death of our parents. What is wrong with me, Stephanie? Okay. Well, what about, did you like, is, how do you deal? And I'd like to hear from people out there. If we don't have the answer, I'd like to, I need it. Yeah. How, cause this is what I really struggle with on a daily basis is things being unfair. Like when you just see the Ukraine war, that feels unfair. Uh, and of course we're only getting uh, one side of the news, but I'm pretty sure that, I don't know. I don't know what, why yeah. do I know? But all I'm saying is it looks like that was an unjust war and people are suffering so much. Yeah. And, and then on a smaller level here in my neighborhood, my neighbor refuses to shovel. He refuses. The sidewalk? <laughs> yes. I can't make the words because it's so stupid. I knew stupid. exactly what you were it's talking so about. Stupid. I don't even think you told me. No, it's so stupid next to the Ukraine war. But I, my point is. <laughs> Maybe switch those next time. <laughs> Maybe cut and no. paste. Put but no. the sidewalk first and then you, the Ukraine war. Okay. So whether it's a small thing or a big thing. Right. But the, here's hear me out, people. He has the corner lot mm -hmm. and he has a wooden fence that is along my, like ne adjacent to the street I live on. He shovels on the front of his house where everyone can see and he can see, but then around the corner where he can't see next to the wooden fence, yeah. there are thistle that I have to pull. And I keep trying to bribe my son into shoveling those, that sidewalk. Cause I'm like, he just clearly has... In, he's in denial that that is his right. property line. Now, how do you deal with that with a neighbor? <laughs> no, how do you deal with it? Or do you just go shovel it and just stop talking about, I just pulled the weeds. It didn't take that long, but like, but I resent him a little bit. Yeah. Though. That's the thing. How do you, is it better to resent or this is what, as a codependent, I still cannot assert I rehearsed this so many times with my son, how to go up to him and go, Hey, would you like, there's no, there's no way to say that. How would you say it? If you're going to go, if, Oh my gosh, I don't think I could. Yeah. You just wouldn't. You just I probably like, wouldn't. You're just like, let the kids. Cause then there's kids that live to the next house down that walk home from school. And I'm like, Oh, they have to walk in that. Yeah. But I'm aware of it and I'm not doing anything, Stephanie. I don't want to shovel it. I'm old. Right. My back hurts. I don't want to shovel. It's a very long piece of sidewalk, Stephanie. I know it is. I know exactly where you're talking about. And you would like to walk Sophie around the lake. And so you got to walk on that. And I have fallen three times this past year. And it's not even funny anymore. I can tell my family's <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're ready. It was you know. cute the first time you fell, <laughs> Stephanie. Right. It's getting, well, it's dangerous. It I is. Mean, especially at our age. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't, I walk in the street, although the street, remember this has been a snowy winter. So the street was really icy and, and it anyway, has been, okay. and that doesn't get the sun probably if I'm no, understanding. It's still so right it's going to be I'm icy you, for a long time. If we go out there today, I'll guarantee you, you we, we should go out and let's take you go out. Let's go field trip. <laughs> I should but ball. this is the smallest, this is like the smallest unjust thing. And I can't deal with it. Like it bugs me. Yeah. And I don't want to resent him. And yet, I'm asking my son, like, how much would you charge? And I offered to pay my son to shovel it. And mm -hmm. he refuses. He's like, I'm not doing it. It's his property. He needs to do it. And so he has energy around it. And I'm like, okay, what if I went up and I said, hey, <laughs> hey, I noticed this part of the sidewalk isn't getting shoveled. 
is that my job to do it? And he goes, no, that's passive aggressive. Yeah, that sounds passive aggressive. And then- Which I naturally am too, by the way. (laughs) I would say the same thing. I love your joke about, what is it? Can we we play the one about the cigarette butts? This is a perfect place to put that. Can I put that in here? Let's put it in right here. Yeah. Take the dog on a walk. And we were going along the backyard fences one time recently and something flew over the fence. It hit the dog and slid to the ground. And I should have gotten mad and yelled. I peeked through the fence. It was a woman back there smoking a cigarette. She just flicked it over the fence and it hit my dog. I should have gotten mad and yelled at her, but I'm passive aggressive. That's not how we operate, right? (laughs) So instead, I went to a couple bars. I picked up all the cigarette butts I could outside the bar. I went back to her sidewalk and I shot her. Also, too, uh, someone gave me two versions of the end um, because, ironically, I, I the, the first part of it was, so I shot her. But there's more school shootings. And depending on the timing, and I also had a show in Vail, Colorado, which thankfully the other comics said you can't do that because they literally had just had a shooting at that bar like a week earlier or something. And someone said that could be too harsh. And sometimes depending on what's happening in current news, it might be. So they said, um, you could say burn our house down. So I usually go with, so I burned our house down. But if, I there, was, if there's a fire, literally saying that joke, getting ready to the end. And I was up in um, Lafayette thinking they just had the big fire. So burning our house down is not cute, would not be appropriate. Aww. So I went with I shot her. So it was nice <laughs> to have those two endings because at that point, the softer one would have been really harsh. So it would have been triggering. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Well, you bring up an excellent point about, does that, I, on corporate gigs, I will often say, is there something I should know about? Has somebody died in an airplane accident? Has has there been a suicide? Has there been anything that I need to know about that certain bits would go from adaptive to maladaptive because of proximity to a real tragedy? There's a good balance, I think. And that's the, the challenge of life is where is that balance between the two? That's so perfect. Well, here we are balancing out this beautiful time. I loved spending this time with you, Stephanie. Thank me you. Me too. Thank you for having me on. I'm, and again, congratulations on this. I think this is so needed and I'm excited to see the ripples of this podcast, how it's going to help other people. I, yeah. I, ho- I just ask that it be for the highest good and we'll see what wants to happen. And I appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable and share the little underbelly of one of your favorite jokes. And also congratulations on being the new hot girl. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, would, I will never hear that in my life. And so enjoy that. I, yes, I did take that in for <laughs> while you said that because there were actually two other women. There was one instructor and there was another oh, physical therapist. And I was is- like, dang it. They are really, they were like 20 years younger than me. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, and in good shape. <laughs> So the fact that he said, thanks for bringing the new young hot chick, I'm like, oh, he must 
be a boob man because I do have, I did have the biggest uh, boobs in the room. And you assessed and you were clear. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. He's a boob guy. Yeah. <laughs> not a butt man. But thank you for, you know, that was this cute the, little way was, of saying it. I, I love that you came back and added that there was competition. <laughs> this was not a slam That's dunk, right. by the way. <laughs> thank you. I love it. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, man. my I feel so good. I loved sharing this time with you and anybody out there who needs a reset and got triggered by anything I said, I'm sure that sidewalk thing really got people triggered out there. <laughs> so take a deep breath in four counts, hold it for four counts. All is well. That sounded like my mom. It made me feel like everything was not well. <laughs> All is well. No, it isn't mom. Okay. <laughs> Have a good have a good one and thanks Stephanie. Thank you Nancy. Peace and love. Peace and love. I would like to thank Stephanie McHugh. Go to her website stephaniemchugh.com. Hire her as a comedian, a humor coach, a voiceover artist, a mom. I don't know if she's a mom for hire. That'd be kind of a cool thing though. Mom for hire. Stephanie would be a good one. I want to thank my son, Nathaniel Norton, for composing the music for Traumedy. Thank you, Nathaniel. Tune in to Traumedy every Tuesday. It's a new episode, Traumedy Tuesdays. Message me on my website, nancynorton.tv, or you can go to the brand new Traumedy Facebook page, T-R-O-M-E-D-Y. You already knew that if you're on the podcast. For God's sakes, you know how to spell Traumedy, T-R-O-M-E-D-Y. Send a message to us there. Let us know how we can help.